read a story of an old black preacher. And uh, they have church different than we do. If you ever been to a black congregation, they just something about it. He turned to this elderly gentleman sitting on the platform and said, come to give us a word. And the man got up and he said, yes, 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 yes. And before long, the congregation got talking back to him. And he'd say, yes, and they'd say, yes, yes. Before long, it quietened down. And he said, now let's pray. He said, Lord, we've done give you our answer. Now you tell us what we need to do. And if you and I would come to the house of God with the attitude of yes, whatever you ask us to do, we'd be willing to do it. And so God help me to have that attitude of yes. And go with me to Exodus chapter number 14. Exodus 14. Begin reading in verse number 19. The Bible says, And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you'll help us now as we try to preach. And God, I pray that you'll uh, be with this congregation. Lord, I pray that you'll uh, help us as we try to be a blessing to your people. And Lord, I pray that uh, whatever situation that someone here tonight may be going through, Lord, you know what it is. And God, I pray that you'll uh, be able to touch their heart and speak to them. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you. I'll give you all the honor and all the glory. For it's in your name we pray, amen and amen. Uh, if you've been in Sunday school or church any length of time, uh, the crossing of the Red Sea is not new. Uh, it's taught in Sunday school when I was a boy, and I've heard it all my life of how the children of Israel cross the Red Sea. And you find the children of Israel back in the Latter part of this chapter, verse number three, and how for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. And if you study your Bible and, you, and you've heard the word of God preached, it won't be long and you'll hear this chapter. And uh, you find here how the children of Israel, they left Egypt and they're headed out. And they come, and the first place they come to is the Red Sea. And when they get there, there's a mountain on one side and a mountain on the other side, and the Red Sea is before them, 
and behind them is Pharaoh's army. And you find it, so to speak, they were walled in. There was nowhere that they could go. And you, and you find them in this place of being walled in. And I got to thinking about how there's times in my life that I feel walled in. And you feel like you try to do something and you hit a wall. And then you turn to go another direction and you hit a wall. And we find ourselves so many times like the children of Israel, we feel like we're walled in. But in those times when you feel walled in, like the children of Israel, remember, you may be walled in, but you are never roofed over. We find that Moses, the man of God, was still able to talk to his heavenly father. And so remember in those times that you may feel walled in, you are not roofed over. And then going back down to the end of the chapter in verse number 24, the Bible says, and it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked into the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. Here we find the Lord is looking through this cloud into the Egyptians. And that tells me when you read this that the Lord was on the children of God's side. I'm glad that he's on my side. Not only is he on my side, but the end of verse 24, and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels. Not only is he on my side, but he's working on my behalf. I'm glad that I've got a God that's working for me. He's, he's trying to help me in those times when I need help. He's not leaving me to myself, but he's working on my behalf. And then in the middle of verse 25, the Bible says, and they took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them. Not only is he on my side and he's working on my behalf, but he's fighting for me. And that's an amazing thing to have a God that's fighting for you and me. But here in the text, verse 19 down through verse 22, we find the story of the crossing of the Red Sea. And here it's amazing. You find that the children of Israel, the Bible says that they crossed on dry ground. And it's amazing a lot of skeptics and those that have problems with the Bible, they always downplay 
and make light of the crossing of the Red Sea. It's almost as if they, they, it's like the virgin birth. They downplay it. They make light of it. Make light of the blood. Make light of anything that has to do with God. They make light of it. And there are three miracles here in Exodus chapter number 14 that God did that were amazing. First of all, in verse number 19, the Bible says, And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, talking about the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to these, talking about the children of God. The first miracle we find here is God caused it to be darkness to the Egyptians. But he gave light to the children of God. Second miracle. We find down in the end of verse 21. The Bible says that God divided the waters. There was a wall of water on one side and there was a wall of water on the other side. And then the last miracle that we see is he caused that wind to blow all night and it became dry ground. And we find that people make light of the crossing of the Red Sea. They, they say, they, they want to say, oh, they crossed in a shallow place. Well, if that's the case, God drowned a whole army in shallow water. But I believe personally that it was the deepest part of the Red Sea. But you find here that it was no problem for God because he had already done it. What no problem. And you'll go with me to Genesis chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. The Bible says in the middle of verse number 20 of Exodus 14. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. We find Genesis chapter number 1. God divided the light from the darkness, verse number 4. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. It was no problem for God to do what he did in Exodus 14 because he had done, done it in Genesis chapter number 1. And then in the bottom of verse number 21, God divided the waters. Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 6. And God said, let there be a ferment in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. It was no problem for God to do what he did in Exodus 14. Because he had done, done it in Genesis chapter number 1. Then in the middle of verse 22. The Bible says they went to the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. Genesis chapter number 1. Verse number 9. 
God said, let there be waters under the heaven be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. We find it was no problem for God to do what he did in Exodus 14 because he had done done it in Genesis chapter number 1. Now, for the time remaining, I will preach on this thought. He's done done it. Do you realize there'll never be nothing that you as a child of God go through that somewhere back down the road, somewhere, God took care of that same problem for somebody and he's already done it for them. Why do you think it'll be a problem for God to do it for you? When you think about being born again, about salvation, about being saved by the grace of God, he's done done it. You know, I, I, I worked a job for a while in my life and that was up two months ago, I went full-time in evangelism. But there was people that I worked with and with my human eye, I would look at them, work with them every day. And in the back side of my mind, I would say there's no way that God could ever save them. And then I got to thinking about it. He's already done it. See, I got to thinking about that maniac of Gadara. We're talking about a man that lived in the graveyard. He went around cutting himself, ran around naked. And the God of heaven that came to him is the same God of heaven that can come to that person if he comes in repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus. There's probably people running through your mind that you're thinking there's no way God could save them. But just remember, he's done done it. And then I got to thinking about storms in your life and problems that people go through. He's done done it. There's people in this room that really if we knew exactly what they were going through, it would probably shock us. But people go through real problems. And I'm not making light of problems. But I want you to know we got a God in heaven. He's done done it back there. And it ain't no problem for God to take care of your problem. When you think about storms and problems in your life, think about Noah and the ark. The biggest storm this world's ever known. And God took care of his storm. You think about it. Genesis chapter number 7 over there. We see an invitation given. God told Noah, said, come in to the ark. And then chapter number 8. God told Noah, said, go forth from the ark. And, and the wording there, he said to come in. That means God was on the inside. And whenever God told him, said, go forth, he was still on the inside because if he hadn't been, he'd said, come out here. But he was on the inside. And if you read there, from the time he said to come in till he said to go out, he never says a word. And in the middle of your storm, just because he ain't talking don't mean he ain't there. The same God is there. You realize in that storm they were down in the valley? But when it was over, he was on the mountain. 
When you go through a valley in your life and you go through a storm, it's just raising you up to higher ground. It wants to get you up out of that valley that you're in and he may have to use a storm to bring you to higher ground. But you think about Noah, the biggest storm this world's ever known. And God brought him through it. He's done done it for Noah. What's my little storm? I ain't never been through a worldwide flood. But the same God that did it for Noah, he's done done it for him. He'll do it for you. You know this avenue of prayer my age group and down, we, we, we really don't understand prayer. You, you realize in the Bible, you go through the Word of God and people that talked with God Almighty and God would talk back to them. And you and I, we've got the advantage of praying and talking to our Heavenly Father and we don't use what we've got. I, I read a story of a man by the name of Sam Rayburn. Sam Rayburn was known in what was called the Dust Bowl. Sam Rayburn, at that time, back years ago, they would ask him to come pray for rain because it ain't rained in so long. And Sam Rayburn would go to these towns and pray for rain. One particular town he came to that I read about, Sam Rayburn walked into the drugstore, little old small town, about 150, 200 people. He walked into the town, into the drugstore. A man standing behind the counter said, you must be Sam Rayburn. He said, yes, sir, I am. He said, what do you think you're doing here? It ain't rained here in six months. What in the world do you think you're going to be able to do? He said, sir, before midnight tonight, somebody's going to slap water out of your back. Turned around and walked off to the meeting house at the appointed time. Service started. Sam Rayburn got up in this the pulpit, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, I've done prayed for rain, and it's headed here. Let's sing. And they began to sing, it is well with my soul. Before they got through the first verse, it rained so hard that for three hours nobody could leave the building. Finally, it broke just enough that they could dismiss. Sam Rayburn put his overcoat on, walking down the wood plank of that little town. An old man was out there trying to crank a Model T. Sam Rayburn walked up behind him, said, Sir, can I help you? And it was that druggist. And you and I, we've got the same God. And yet we don't take advantage of being able to pray and talk to Almighty God. When it comes to prayer, He's done, done it. You and I, we should take advantage of what we got. And then when it comes to God supplying your need, taking care of us, do you realize there's never been a need in my life that He ain't met? And no matter what need I come across in the future, the same God back there, back down the way that took care of my grandpa and those back down through there is the same God that's going to take care of me. He's done done it for them back there. He'll have no problem taking care of my problem. When you think about God supplying the need, uh, the feeding of the 5,000, it's an amazing story. God took five loaves, two fish, fed 5,000 men plus women and children. If you take human math, put it on it, it will never work. Don't care what you do. But when you take divine math and you put it on it, it'll work every time. God's math always works. And in the feeding of the 5,000, 
Talking about supplying your need. You have subtraction without diminishing. The Lord took five loaves and he began to subtract them. He was breaking them apart, handing them off. But it wasn't diminishing. He would tear a piece and she'd grow. Now this don't work in school. But every time he would tear it off, it would grow subtraction without diminishing. Then you have multiplication by means of subtraction. See, he was subtracting and she was multiplying. Now divine math, that's God's math, will work every time. You have addition that was caused by division. The Lord, he was dividing and she was adding up. And in the end, the fractions were larger than the whole. They started out with five loaves and two fish. And when they got done, there was 12 baskets full. We're talking about the same God that supplied their need. He's done, done it for them. He'll have no problem doing it for me. I read a story of a man, and I'll be done. I read a story of a man, and it was amazing at how God took care of him. This man, uh, he, he lived in 1851 is when he was born. And in 1851, he was born. His mama was a free woman and his daddy was a slave. And he got born into this family at the age of about 23, 24 years old. He got saved. God called him to preach. And this man, he was sitting in his study one day studying the Word of God, preparing to preach. And his wife came to the door and said, Honey, we ain't got no food in the house. Now when my wife tells me that we don't have no food, we've still got cans of beans, cans of corn. We've got food, but what she's saying, we ain't got what we want to eat. But when this lady came to the door. There wasn't nothing in the house. And this is what that gentleman said. He said, set the table. And she went in there and she set out the bowls, the hardware, the cups, the dishes, everything, and set it around that table. And she came back and told him. And that man said, gather the family. Now, there ain't no food in that house. And they came and sat down around the table. And he said, let's pray. And he said, dear Lord, we want to thank you for how good you've been to us. Lord, we want to thank you for the food that we're about to eat. In Jesus' name, amen. When When he got done praying, a knock come to the door. And it was the neighbors down the way. And they told him, they said, Sir, we had a lot of food today, had a lot of extra, wanted to bring you the leftovers. And they sat down and ate that meal. I'm talking about God. He's done it! Why do you and I think God have a problem taking care of us? That same man... He wrote songs that's in your songbook. Wrote that song, Nothing Between. 
my soul and the Savior. Wrote that song, Stand By Me. He wrote another old song, If this world from you withholds of its silver and its gold and you have to get along with a meager fare. Just remember in his word how he feeds the little bird. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. He's done, done it. Don't matter what it is you're going through in your life. Somewhere back down the road, God took care of their problem. I'm walking down right now. Preacher, come ahead. You know why? You know why I know he's coming back? Do you know why? That I don't have a doubt in my mind that my God is coming back? Because he's done done it. He came down through the Virgin Mary. And he'll have no problem. These scoffers and this bunch of crud idiots that are walking around saying, where is the sign of his coming? He's coming back because he's done done it. Ain't no problem for God. Ain't no problem. I don't care what it is. I'm not making light of problems. People go through problems every day. But I want you to realize we got a God. He can take care of whatever it is that you're going through. You go ahead, ma'am. Brother, you sang something. If you need to come to this altar, you come ahead. 